The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. And our first time guest, Charlie Clawson. Very excited to have him on the show. We uh, first met, actually, at the uh, Montreal Just for Last Festival doing Paul Provenza's fabulous show, Uh, the green room alongside TJ Miller and uh, Greg Proops. It was actually a really uh, fucking fun night and he was a fascinating guy and he's just had some really uh, big news as well. So we'll get to all that as we talk. But uh, please welcome to the podcast, Hassan Minaj. How are you, mate? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Now, did I get your name right? You, you got, got it. You got yeah. it perfectly right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You know, you know what's funny? That's not the first time we met. First time we met was that Super Serious show. Oh, that's right. I hosted no, the Super yeah. Serious show. That's yeah, yeah. Right. And you, that's it was true. you, Rove McManus, Kate Berlant. Yes. It was a great, it was a great lineup. No, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, but that night in Montreal show. was great. Wasn't it? Like, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of those things where, because um, for people who don't know the show, it's essentially just a bunch of comedians sitting around talking, just talking, really. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, it, it's meant to be like what comedians talk about backstage, but right. it's not really, because uh, I was yeah. at the Comedy and Magic Club on the weekend and we were all talking about which kind of lettuce we preferred. Uh-huh. So, like, uh-huh. so I think, you know, but it's a bit deeper. Than you know that. what's funny about the Comedy and Magic is like, it's the, one of the only clubs in the country where I actually feel like. I have such bad Stockholm syndrome with the way they treat comics in the States. Uh-huh. So that when they like, they were like, hey, sit down. Here's right. a meal. Like, I'm just like, am I like, am I supposed to have, you're not, I'm not supposed to have this, right? Like, th- they treat you so good. I'm just, I feel like an abused wife where I'm like, I'm not, this, I don't deserve this. I don't this. deserve yeah, this. Yeah, I don't deserve this. I absolutely agree with you. Like, <laughs> right. But almost to the opposite, but like to the extreme on their club. Because uh-huh. I don't like to eat when I'm performing. Oh, right. And right. man, it's like you've. Yeah. Like it's like you've offended a great grandmother or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she, they are t- they're like, well, take some home in a box. Right, right, right. Please, yeah. please take this. And they're like, you don't want the filet mignon right. before you perform. <laughs> what? Like there's, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. And the, a dude will come in right when you're done with your food and be like, how about the cheesecake? You want right. the cheesecake? And yeah. He's like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's it's great. It's I mean, great. they're a step away from bringing around one of those desserts. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's great, though. I, I love the way they treat us. Man. Yeah, and it's one of those clubs, too, and I was thinking about this the other night. It's one of those clubs that um, they've, because they have a high standard of who they'll book, like, right. and they genuinely do, um, right. it's... What, what what the audience does when they get to the gig is yeah. doesn't wait to warm up. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, because the person you see first at that club may be right. your favorite person for the night. Yeah, that's true. It's not like, hey, we're going to put some shit people on for like 35 minutes and right, then we'll right. get to the good stuff. Right, right, But how do you feel about perform? like, Hermosa is like a very well, like, well-to-do. What you're air- saying, yeah, 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 That's yeah. what you're saying. That's what you're saying, Yeah, yeah, that's my W word, well-to-do. Uh, I have a joke uh, about the Outback Steakhouse and uh-huh. uh, how, like, as a white person, like, as uh-huh. a 40-year-old 
white Australian man. Yeah, yeah. I've literally, like, I've never experienced racism. Like, it's uh-huh. impossible uh-huh. for me with my life experience to have experienced racism. Right, right. And so I do this whole bit about the closest I've ever got is going to the Outback Steakhouse, right? Uh-huh. And it normally works really well if I can, halfway through me ramping up how racist this place is, like, spot a black guy down the audience and then reference off the fact that it's not clear. <laughs> and I, and most of the other night, I'm doing this bit. Yeah, and I yeah. look to this side. No, nope, no black people there. Right. I look to this side. Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah. look to the other side. Literally uh, not one in the room. I was like, there's three black comics. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, no. The, the three black comics are, are called a case study. They're brought in oh, right. to give Hermosa, like, oh, that's what diversity is. All right, we got it. Because <laughs> all they have is Netflix, usually. That right. gives them their dose of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful club. The audience, the audience is, I mean, they're great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. They're great. Yeah, and yeah. Very, I mean, it's a club where they prefer you to work a little cleaner. Like, yeah, it's that sort yeah, of club. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, it suits that. But what, okay, so what's your experience? So tell, talk me through your story. Like we were just talking before we started about right, right. Arj Barker, who will be very familiar to all our Australian listeners. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you started in San Francisco. I started in San Stand-up. Francisco, yeah, 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 so yeah. how long ago was that? I started 10 years ago in San Francisco. I was just, I, I, I was a, a freshman in college and the punchline was my home club. And the thing is, my... I grew up with very, very strict immigrant parents, so we did not have cable in the household. Okay. So, so I'm interested in this. So they yeah. uh, came from where? Uh, Aligarh, which is in India, which is like a town in India. Uh-huh. My dad uh, had come back from grad school or heard a lot of buzz about my mom. Uh, I heard some buzz yeah, about yeah, yeah. Like, pe- like people, people were talking about Seema. Like Seema. Right. I have this thing in my act where I'm like, she was like the iPhone of Oligar. Like people right. like, you know, like, have you heard of Seema? Like, was she, was she, she was an it girl. Oh, she was the she girl. She was the it girl. Oh, very slim, right. slender. Her family owned a camera. It was bananas. Like yeah. my dad was just like, I don't, like, I don't believe the CNET reviews. So he just like, like he, he beeline down, goes oh. to my mom's house. I mean, without seeing her. And it was just like, look, I, I'm a PhD. I have a, I'm a chemist. I'm going to America. I want to marry Seema. Let's do this. 10 minutes. I asked my grand, my grandparents, how yeah. long was this whole thing? And my dad, uh, they go, yeah, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Wow. They were like, uh, he came to their house. This is where I was like the fucking grapefruits on my dad. Right. Come, come there and be like, this is, this is what my resume is. I want to marry her. And they were like, okay, relax. You like, got to take your dad to pitch yeah, meetings, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, not, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the untitled Hassan Minaj project <laughs> and you're going to take it. God damn it. <laughs> 10 minutes yeah yeah yeah. haven't you seen his imdb profile um yeah like he they were like relax think about it like we think you're great but think about it he goes outside goes down the driveway waits about 10 minutes he's with his sister walks back up to the door knocks on the door and is like yeah i thought about it let's do this that's the same way i bought my first ipod with him when i was 15 Uh uh-huh we went to the mall. We yeah. walked in the Apple store. I picked up the iPod. I was like, Dad, this is an iPod. I want this for my birthday. Yeah. He's like, are you sure? You? He pulled me aside. He's like, are you sure you want this? I was like, Dad, I swear to God, I want this. We walked back in and I bought my first iPod. The same way I bought that is the same way my dad got married to my mother. <laughs> but they are they still together? They're still together. Right. So we- Still together, yeah. So clearly the lesson of this is we're really finding too much out about our partners beforehand. <laughs> right, right, Just right. like get married. Maybe that dating show where they got married on the first date and then see how it worked out had the right idea. I think this is this is what I think solidifies the deal. If you take two people, pull them out of their respective comfort uh-huh. zones, dump them in a place yep. where they just need each other. Yep. There's no choice. Like you have to figure it out. Okay, that's what we should do. Right. That's yeah. what we should do. Yeah. It should be like the Israeli army. You know, have to go back and serve <laughs> for two years. Yeah. Like, there should be a thing. If you get married, if you want to get married to someone, yeah, yeah. And then 
dump you in you know what we could make this a good for the world thing yeah so you have to do like two years of like you know volunteer work <laughs> right, in the congo or whatever. right right, right, right. And yeah then by the end of that yeah, yeah you're like i have bonded forever forever right yeah yeah you have nothing in common with that person but that right. you're like she hates everything about me but we were in the congo together right i didn't watch football when we were in the congo so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 like i thought about it i was like i they, they really don't have like a ton in common like sometimes right. i'm like how i tell my sisters all the time i was like how did how did they make this work but then i'm like they were the only two brown people in sacramento right so they, they like come, so they've come over to america how old are they at this stage my mom is like 22 23 maybe my dad is like 31 okay it's like okay. he's nine years older yep. than my mom all right okay they come over here uh they have me i pop out of my um now, when you pop out of your mother's vagina, it's the old rule in real estate. It's all about location, location, location. Sure. I pop out in, in, in America. Right. But my mom has to finish med school in India. So it's just like the first eight years of my life, it's me and my dad. My mom is on the other side of the world in India finishing med school. Wow. Yeah. So it was just me and my dad. We were the two brown representatives of... of so she could yeah. then come back to America and be qualified to drive a cab? Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She was like, look, I got to focus on my education. Give this a good 12 years and come back and basically yeah. be a glorified Uber driver. Right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, your, your, your cab driver is like could is like, a, like an astrophysicist in another country. In another country. Yeah, it's bananas. Right. What if the reverse happened? Well, I would like that. Yeah. I hope that that should be the rule. It should be like a free trade agreement. You know, right, I mean? right. like if what well, happens in your country, right, right. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. American, right, right, right. over to our country, right, right, right. fancy qualification. Right. That's what you do. You're a janitor. Right. right, right. <laughs> uh, okay. So they come out here. Mum's not there for the first Mom's eight like, years yeah, of yeah. your life. So is so, it you and your dad? Me and my dad. Now, how is your dad at being a dad and a mum all wrapped up in one, which I guess he has to be in that situation. Uh, he, he didn't, he was not the best yeah, dad right. and a mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I but mean, I, I mean, like, how it's could hard. You? Yeah, right. yeah. Like in hindsight, I get it. It's just like, right. he had to not only like figure out like this new situation, but he's also got like a son and he's got this like wife that he's like promised, like, I'm going to bring you over here. But it's like, well, kinda. Right. And so he's going back and forth visiting his new wife. He'd go to India. Now, while he was vis uh, visiting India, like, he knocked on my mom and I had a sister. Mm -hmm. But they didn't, like, tell me about her. So, I, she's born in India. Right. I'm born here. When my mom finishes school and stuff like that, she would, she finished her residency in New York. We went back to India. She got my, my sister and they came back to the States. And then, like, like when I was eight, we could kind of, like, all become a family. Right. And I remember, like, meeting my sister for the first time. And I tell people this all the time. They're like, what was it like? I was like, have you seen the show Maury? Yeah. It was like that. Right. But with like immigrants. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like my dad had the card and he's like, look, the results are in. You are the brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like she comes in breakdancing, you know, it's just like, ah, like I'm like, what the fuck is this person? She's like, you don't know me. I'm like, yeah, I don't know you. I don't know you. Who, the, who are I you? Get out of my bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Wow. I, so I, I remember. That is actually a surprise sister. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, could yeah, yeah. Be a, You could pitch that. Speaking, speaking of, we're talking about racism. I, I remember when she first got there. I was so racist. I was just like, look, mom, dad, these fucking. I, I just wanted my parents to myself. I right. was like, mom, dad, these brown people. Yeah. They're coming into the country. They don't speak the language. Right. They're eating our fruit roll-ups. I mean, right. I tell them to kick rocks. Yeah, I tell them, tell them to kick rocks. That's suddenly, what I say. Uh, suddenly, I'm in a bunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I want them out now. But it's kind of that, like, weirdly enough, like, what you're saying is yeah. at the heart of most racism, right? Right. Like, 
when you really burrow down to most races, sure, sure, sure. it's always about, I feel like I'm losing something, something. because of these. Right, 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 right. Also, I think there's another layer to it where it's just like... Uh, no, no, there's only one layer to race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's also like lack of like... you like just understand like understanding right. and empathy and being like you just literally don't have exposure to that specific thing i mean i've been saying this to people a little recently uh-huh. because i'm essentially an immigrant you know what i mean like i'm right. here right trying to earn my living here and yeah. like make a career here right and like you know i literally am coming over here and taking the jobs of some american comedian who could be playing in those clubs right, like, right, right. yeah know, so yeah. I am that person. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I'm white, so no one cares. Right, right. But- <laughs> You're in disguise, though, man. You have the best suit of all time, dude. It's so, the best. So tell me, when did you go to India for the first time? I went to India for the first time uh, when... I went once right before like she was like born. Uh-huh. That was when I went. And then I went back again. I didn't go back again until I was like... 15 or 16 yeah right yeah okay. yeah so but, tell me about that what was that like to me the craziest part of that was like going back like literally going back to the like the town that like my the city that my dad grew up in meeting like my cousins seeing where like all my cousins like literally live in like a flat next to each other uh-huh. like, and i'm like oh this is what my life would be like right like literally seeing remember this is a bad example but remember that mo- ashton kutcher movie butterfly effect uh-huh. where like he sure. like like through the diary he has a series of other narratives now imagine that like a lot better acted and being real right <laughs> that's what going to Aligarh was and like visiting my cousins and being like oh like this is what my life like would have would have been like the thing that i miss about it is that like they had that camaraderie like they had that like we're a gang of like we look out for each other we have this like connection right the other thing that but the thing that sucks about it is that like they don't have jamba juice and air conditioning no no very low on those a lot of places (laughs) in india very low on jamba juice and air conditioning just depending you can go to like that's that's the thing well it depends it's the yeah it's the the yeah and it's also the juxtaposition there's i've been to malls in india that are some of the nicest malls i've been to in the world well some of the hotels and stuff are palatial amazing right yeah yeah there is the disparity but right 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 this is this will be the big test though, like right. of how much like Indian you have. Well, this is the big test to me of how much Indian is in you that remains in you. Oh well, to me the biggest thing was when I was coming back mm-hmm. because growing up in the states, you're very aware of what you are not. Like right. the, the 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 litmus test of what is normal, I think is through is pervasive through like Hollywood and music. It's like it's it, America is a very white and black country. Mm-hmm. So sure. yeah, in the past twenty to thirty years, it's become infused with brown with the, the immigration of latino americans and asian americans and south asian americans it's become a little bit more mixed but currently you know from a large perspective it's very black and white mm-hmm. right with that being said you're very aware if you're not one of those things right right and you're just like okay so to me when i went back i was like i'm brown gandhi hindustan amara this is our country this is my country right. i went back and then i had to go to the bathroom there and it was the toilet situation wasn't what I was used to. And I was like, I was like, this is my country. I'm here. I opened the door. It was a hole in the ground. And I'm like, I am so fucking American. American. I was so disappointed in myself. That made me American so fast. (laughs) No, but I'm interested. I think that's interesting to me because I I imagine at the time, like, and I don't know, like, in fact, I'll ask you rather than hypothesize. But 
I imagine that you were probably defined like as being the Indian kids, the sure. Indian family. Yeah, yeah. So you would have like to Americans, yeah. that's what the label they would have put on you. Yeah. Whereas then you suddenly go there where you're not that at all. So yeah. you're like, oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm like American. Yeah, yeah. And something has happened within, within the past 10 years mm-hmm. where it's like not, it's not that cool to be American. Have you noticed that like internationally? Has that been the, the way internationally for a long time? <laughs> I love that you think it's only in the last 10 years. Oh, has it been I, even longer? Mate, I always, the, the way I like yeah. to describe it to Americans yeah. is that uh, you guys were the most popular kid in the world after World War II. Right. You saved all our asses. Yeah. We have to admit it. Yeah. yeah. You were okay. the best. Okay. And then you had a glorious period through like the Cold War and making movies and being USA number one. Right, right. But the last, say, 20 or so years, yeah. like, you are not as popular as you used to be yeah like basically america is the buffalo bills to use an nfl <laughs> analogy they were great back right, in the right, 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 right. and they had a period in the 90s where they were like oh it looks like they're gonna yeah, threaten yeah, yeah, and yeah i consider that iraq like the first iraq war right, right, right. Like 9-11 yeah everyone was an american in fact i think that's what the the, the world said after 9-11 we uh-huh. are all americans today right right uh-huh. so that was their time like the bills in the 90s where we're like we're gonna uh-huh and then, yeah, no, not so much. Australia, we're still there for America at every uh, everything. Every dickhead decision America makes, uh-huh. we're there. Uh-huh. For one reason, one reason only. Why? Australia is right next to China. And okay. we understand that if China wanted to... Like, at the moment, our economy is supported by Chinese investment and Chinese buying our natural resources and building their economy. Oh, wow. We were the only first world country that... Um, Avoided the global financial crisis, didn't go into recession in that time right. because of the massive boom in China and how tied we are to China. And in fact, in a lot of ways to India as well. Okay. India is one of our big you know, places that we sell things to as well. Okay. But we are a, an Anglo country uh-huh. in the middle of Asia, right? right. Now, at the yeah, moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. China buys our stuff. But if at any stage China decided they were sick of paying for our shit... We have no way of stopping them. Just they could literally oh, take wow. over our country with the band that played the drums at the opening ceremony. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right? Yeah, and they're right there. Yeah, yeah. So we constantly have to have that. Like in in your guys' defense, that band that that played at the Olympics could were, take over any country. Tight, that level of discipline. Right? Have you ever been that disciplined? I've never anything? seen it. Yeah, yeah, never, never. Right. Like I was like, I don't, I can't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Remember that montage scene in Terminator Two when there's the flashback and it's like, what happens when? And the Terminators take over the entire world. Yep. I thought that performance was b- by a group of Terminators. Right. They were that on point. Well, it could have been. Who knows? <laughs> really fucked if they send in the Terminators. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so we have, like, I mean, we're very, like, right. we have to balance that out. Uh-huh. It has to be one of those things. And but are Australians aware of that? Are Australians aware that, like, hey, a couple of these countries kind of have us by the balls? Well, Indonesia's got like a hundred, like, I think Indonesia's the largest Muslim country yeah, in the world. Perc- percentage-wise. Per- percentage-wise, yeah, yeah. uh-huh. right? Yeah, yeah. And they're right next to us. I mean, mm-hmm. so we're in the middle of a world where, like, you know, there's a lot of people who don't have the same cultural right. beliefs or, you know, right. that we do. So, yeah, it's a delicate balance right. o- that often, I think, unfortunately comes out in racism or, inch, you know, the country being insular or afraid or not wanting to, uh-huh. you know. But it's the same emotion that's connected to both those things. yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it's interesting. But the question I was going to ask you about the American sure, Indian sure. thing is this, and I think this is the determining factor. Sure. How do you feel about cricket? Do you have any feelings about cricket? I'm supposed to, but yeah, I but, but because I, I grew up here. What right? about dad? Does dad have cricket feelings? Dad loves cricket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he loves cricket. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you never, 
you would just like. But I'm but I'm willing to right. even do like it's not like it's like it's not like I'm obsessed with baseball mm-hmm. either. No. To me, it's just a, a the rhythm of the game. Sure. That it's just like it's not doing it for me. Okay, so tell me what uh, you're 15. Where are you going to school at this stage? Like, what I grew sort of- I grew up in Davis, which is right. It's if you're familiar with where San Francisco is, it's about about an hour away. It's uh-huh. it's an agricultural town. It's like okay. in, it's in the, it's kind of like in the fields. My dad worked in agriculture. I'm in uh, I'm in high school. I go back and yeah, I visited my, my cousins and it was like it was a it was a great time. It was a you know there was but uh, I've had a few a few situations where I've gone back and like talked to my cousins. And it's it's a weird identity thing where because when I come here to the states, I, I kind of do talk about that experience navigating the two paths of like being like, hey, I'm essentially very American in every single conceivable way that I was raised, but then also like I do have this cultural heritage that at, at my house growing up, I speak Hindi, I eat Indian food, all that stuff. But when I go back to India, sometimes they're like, you don't get to speak on behalf of this. Oh uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, you don't know about like our politics, you yeah. know? About That's like you're. Yeah, like they go. Yeah, they go. You're an A B, you're an A B C D, which means an American-born confused Daisy. Daisy is like a term. Yeah, yeah. They're like you're an A B C D, and I'm just like, oh man, it's weird. That's but then when I was, I was like, this is fucked up because right. when I was in high school, right? I remember when I was, I was, there was one other Indian girl there. Her name was Sarah Kakwani, and they were like, you're going to prom. My friends came up to me and they're like, so you're going to prom with Sarah Kakwani, right? right? And I'm like, why? Why? And they're like, yeah. well, because you guys, yeah. And I'm like, you. no. Right. So you, yeah, you're like, well, so now I speak on behalf of all Indians. Right, 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 right. All right. So what happens? You finish high school. You go to like college, university. I went to university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, went where to college, did you go? San Francisco. Right in, right in, actually, Davis. Davis has like, a, it's a college town. I went there. Oh, really? And then, yeah, yeah. yeah I at the, my senior year, I tra- uh, well, so I start, but I start stand up up there. And what, so, what, how old are you when you're starting stand up? Eighteen. 18. 18, so what are you now? 20, 29, 20, 29. 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I start then, and uh, this is when this is when T three lines were very, very popular. Basically, incredibly, incredibly high speed internet right. access at universities was a thing. Uh-huh. So the culmination of high internet speeds plus tons of Asian kids going to universities. Uh-huh. So high internet speeds, tons of Asian kids, bootleg movies like crit. People were torrenting <laughs> movies and music like crit. I was being exposed to right. so much media. Uh-huh. I mean, literally gigabytes. I mean, I had a roommate, Dusty, had 82 gigabytes of pornography <laughs> on an external hard drive. I think I've downloaded it all. Right, right, right. I've officially downloaded every bit of pornography there is. It's crazy. It is bananas. Do you think about... He now owns Pornhub, though. Do you ever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever think about human potential and how much of it we've used on stuff like pornography? Like, what percentage do you think is actually used? We've used our potential for, like, productivity. Well, and then what potential have we used for just, like, our animalistic urge to see... Two Japanese teens get squirted on. There's, there's a little bit of... Uh, uh, there's a couple of things about that that I find interesting. The first one is that the internet... Right. You t- we have lived through... A, like, we've lived through a genuine period where the world changed forever. It doesn't right. happen all the time. Yeah, yeah, Like, people think that it does. Yeah. But yeah. things like the Industrial Revolution or whatever, they only really do come around, like, a thing that changes the world so much that the world will never, ever be the same again. You Correct. Know? Yeah, yeah, Those things don't actually happen all the time. Right. The internet is... The, the world will never be the same again. Yeah. Because of the invention of the internet. Yeah. Like, it is... 
Yeah. And it is the most powerful thing to help us evolve as a human species that has ever been invented. Right. Our capacity to come together as a world, to communicate and to have a worldview and to solve each other's problems. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's amazing. And the potential of it is barely tapped at the moment. And right. a third of it is pornography. <laughs> yeah, One yeah. third yeah, of yeah. billion websites on the internet right. are pornography. Yeah. One third. Right. Like, so, but then, it, it, okay, so here's the next thing I would say. Though. Okay. And but, then like it, it, but then it okay. makes people like Elon Musk, like the Elon right. Musk of the world, that much rarer. Do you get, you get what I'm saying? When that much resource is sure. used for... Porn, Porn. Right? right, right, and I'm not saying I'm above it. I'm no, saying, no, hey, no. hey, I'm, I, I, hey, I indulge, indulge, right? But because you're a human, being. I'm a human being, right? I'm no better than that, right? But I'm just saying is that it makes, yeah, those people that are kind of using it and kind of breaking the mold a little bit ahead of the, yeah, you know, it's also crazy. But I thought about the internet is this: is that how would you have explained it to a person sixty years ago, seventy or hundred years ago, what the internet is? You could explain a photograph. You right. could explain even a movie, mm-hmm. kind of. You could yeah. be like, "Hey, it's like you," and it's you could, but you can see like, how do you explain? How do you explain the internet? I to still somebody? can't. Yeah, I have no idea how to explain it. Right. Like I still can't understand why I can. I was talking to my manager in Australia today. Yeah. Like on my cell phone. Yeah. He's in another country. Yeah. In his car. Right. And we're talking in real time. Right. How the fuck does is this happening? Like it just. I know. It blows my mind all the people time. People are like, it must be hard to do comedy. No, it's hard to think of. Right. How to get. Like, I don't understand. Right. Everyone's using their phone at the same time. Yeah. Surely yeah. the message should be bumping into each other or something. Right. Right. Things I don't understand. But, yeah. But so the second thing is this. Okay. The pornography thing or whatever, it comes down to, I think, a little bit more of what you believe, if you believe there's any purpose for us to be here or, you know, whether you believe that we have a responsibility to evolve as a human race. I tend to think that we do. Okay. But but I'm not sure. Like, because I I don't believe in God. I don't believe there's some, you know, great higher purpose to our lives other than the purpose we give our own lives. Right. So... In some ways, like I even look at things like pornography, which clearly there's some downsides to, some damaging aspects of that. You know? Sure. But I think for a lot of people, it's probably just been an easy release. It's been one of those things that's like, it's nice that people don't have to hang out on train tracks with magazines anymore. Right. Like just do it in the... Yeah, yeah. It's certainly been great for men realizing that women also are sexual beings and have like you know sure i can't remember i can't imagine 10 years ago or 15 years ago any woman i know telling me that she uses porn or watches porn right whereas like now so many it's a thing right 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 right. and all those picadillos or little yeah things that people are into Uh perhaps maybe they felt shameful about or they felt like yeah you can go oh fuck like Oh, there's like again. You go back to the internet, and yeah, right. it's like there's a little community that's yeah, like, yeah, there's people into this that we uh, can actually, right, right, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. you feel less alone. Yeah, and in general, I think that like growing up in a country town, I'm a farmer's child, and okay. my grandfather's a farmer, my dad's a farmer, my brother's a farmer. Okay, so. I was into like music that my friends weren't into. Uh-huh. I was into like cultural references. I was into comedy. I was into all these things. Right, right, right. Like I had to get a train. Oh shit! Did you feel like a complete out outcast oh. going from like a very working like a farmer? I can just imagine your dad just having calluses all over his hands and just like yeah, yeah. Still works on the farm. He's seventy one. Wow. Still works on the farm, and his calluses would be bigger than my biceps. Holy shit! <laughs> um, he. Is been doing it since he was fourteen. Like you know, so he's been a farmer all his life. Lived on the same road all his life. Okay, and he, not him, 
he was always very good and not mum. But in the town and stuff, like the things that I was into, like the amount of like homophobia I experienced oh, for shit. a guy who isn't a homosexual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it was that yeah, sort yeah. of just because you were into certain types of music, music or, or whatever certain types yeah. of things, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things where I think with the internet now and that connection, you know, you can be a fan of something. And I mean, there are people who listen to this podcast. Like everywhere I go on the road in America, right. there'll be some people who come out and like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we listen to the podcast. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, and you're like, what? You're in a place I've never been until now. Right. And, yeah. But that's, that's the great thing about it. Uh-huh. That's the potential that it has. Sure. I want to talk about it in relation to you and we'll get back to it. Cause okay. like, yeah, we yeah, can jump all over no, the place. No, no, no. Yeah. But because the internet, like, for you as a performer, yeah. I want to talk about that and how you use it because you've actually used it to sort of, you know, show people what you can do, right? Sure, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like S- specifically, what, like what well, I've, I mean, I've I, done? Yeah, things you've done. I mean, like I was things. Well, like the the, the truth. The truth. Oh, yeah, like, yeah particularly yeah. is like a good example. Oh, of, for like, sure. In the old days, yeah, uh, Hassan has like a, a great little series, and you can you can find it on your website. Yeah, right? it's, yeah, it's called the Truth with Hassan Minaj. It's on YouTube. You can yeah, yep. there's like yeah, yeah. And in the old days, you would have had to wait for a TV, like Comedy Central or whoever, to come sure, to you and go, sure. hey, we want to get you to make these things. And yeah. they'd only be able to be seen if that person happened to be watching television right. at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if you got it made. Yeah, yeah. Right? This is, okay, this is where I lucked out. See, this is another one of those things where it's like, okay, have, Will, have you felt like this as a performer where it's like you, you know you have a specific strength? Then because of a technological revolution, it it coincides with that respective strength. Uh-huh. And it be, can, can become something that can help yourself and a lot of other people. That's what that was for me. I happen to be, I kind of am very fascinated with taking some issue and breaking that shit down. Like, yep. and, and, and a current example of somebody who's doing that fucking brilliantly is John Oliver. I mean- who would have thought we live in this ADD generation for every right. time there's that's where this pendulum is crazy where we live in a vine, a vine a vine era right where it's like six second videos of just like looped cats and then you swing the other pendulum and he'll do an 18 minute piece on university debt right and five million people will have watched right. it and you're like wow that's amazing I absolutely agree. And like that's the great thing about and I think when we get too scared about any of these right. things is that things do balance themselves out. Right, right, you right. Know, the minute that people are using too much technology, yeah, there's a movement for people to not use as much. Like, you know, there's a real swings uh-huh. of roundabouts. Uh-huh. But the bravery, the fucking balls on that crew. I, I've, like, I really honestly think that John Oliver, like, has, like, raised the bar again. Oh, for sure. That, for sure. Like, in a way that just, he didn't, like, he just didn't need to raise it so high. Right, 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 He's like one of those guys at the fucking, like, you know, the, the pole vault at the Olympics, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, there's always one guy who doesn't even start jumping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, oh, everybody oh, oh, else is... Yeah, John like, Oliver just pulled an Usain Bolt. You're like, you didn't have to do that. Because you know he broke the world record every time and was looking back right. and slowed down. Yeah. Which means he could have broken it even further. Right. But he's like, I'm not even going to blow your minds this much yet. It's fucking crazy. He's in season one. I know. It's, that's the scary part. Here's what they've had. This is the most amazing thing. is They've uh. had one. The first episode I thought was fine. Maybe even good. But then uh, it's just been nothing but fucking amazing. Amazing. Like, it was like they had one episode. Oh, yeah, okay. We've shaken that out. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. excellent yeah. all the fucking time. Right, right, right. They didn't, I don't, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So the truth happened like this. It was uh-huh. one of those things where 
vlogging and YouTube was very, very popular. And I can't explain why. I don't know what it is about a tiny screen and people being like wanting to see someone's face talking to them. Mm-hmm. You know how there's like certain things that are just minds are just like, for whatever reason, we're programmed to be like, yeah, that's fine. So to me, sometimes the things that I would talk about on stage sounded a little quote unquote preachy where uh-huh. people were like, what don't, I, I just want to drink two drinks and like talk about sure. your dick, please. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. No. I think there's a time and place. I want, I think there's a balance of ratchetness and righteousness, righteousness in everybody's life, which my, is important. Several rooms in my house were paid for by dick jokes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I think that's but I agree with, so go on, but I agree but with what you're saying. what was great is that something would happen in the news that I would find to be kind of interesting or mm-hmm. offensive or like, why the fuck is no one talking about this? And then in real time, I have a buddy, Aristotle, a theorist. We shoot stuff together. I'm part of a sketch group called Goatface, and we would just shoot this in real time, write it out, punch it up, and then I would just kind of shoot it right there, and right. it would be like my face, and you would see that the images that would coincide with it. And that kind of really got the ball rolling on everything right. and kind of put me where I am today. It helped tremendously. Yeah, and that's you could just make it. And yeah. I absolutely understand what you mean because it's about context. Yeah. It's about where you can talk about something in yeah. like the right context. A hundred percent. On stage in the middle of the set, not yeah. everyone's going to be like, this is not uh, really what we came out for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we have to concentrate now. Right, right. But if somebody's like going specifically to that thing to yeah. see what you've done on right. that topic. Right, 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 right. Then it's like, yeah, it's all yeah, fair game. But right. yeah, I mean, Friday Late Show, nobody wants to hear my no. analysis of the Sikh stabbing in New York. No one wants to... <laughs> They don't want to hear this. There's probably one guy yeah. who really does. Just but like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of the people that got a Groupon discount, they don't want to hear this nonsense. You ruined my anniversary. Right. Yeah, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, so that's an interesting thing to me. So let's not bury the lead on this anyway because we've already talked for half an hour. Uh-huh. Uh, some people will know already. I tweeted about it the other day. So some people listening to this podcast might already know. Okay. But you have just uh, got one of the – greatest jobs in the world and we got to that I point can't. anyway so we might as well talk about it yeah again. yeah let's talk about it uh you and and i'm gonna say it because sure. i'm sure it just sounds nice to still hear uh-huh. uh you just got a job uh, as a correspondent on the daily show i can't believe it it's amazing even when i say it i'm like i'm like dude i can't i literally fuck. cannot believe it so don't uh tell anything about this that you don't like that you can't sure. tell sure sure but sure. talk us through how something like this happens okay so uh uh, Michael Che, who was a correspondent on Daily Show, he was a former writer on Saturday Night Live, comes over, joins Daily Show. He's a correspondent for like uh, th- three or four months. And then he gets hired to be to run Weekend Update on Saturday right. Night Live. It's like he got the two of the greatest jobs. Right. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah, he basically got to date the two baddest chicks in the comedy game. Just be like, oh, I'm like with Daily Show and then I'll go to SNL and then I'll yeah. go back to Daily Show and back to So he leaves to go do Weekend Update and there's this opening. They needed a correspondent. And I I it's something that I have always wanted. It's been kind of one of those things in my career that I think I thought it would be perfect. It right. would be the It makes sense. With all the things that you've done and right, the things right. You're interested in sure, you, sure, sure. And if you look at your body of work, up yeah, yeah, stand up planet, the movie, all right. that stuff is like it's something I've been so interested in. I yeah. thought I, it would be such a, a great opportunity. So they're looking at people and they're looking at a bunch of different comics that I know that are friends of mine. But the thing that I kind of wanted to do was I was like, I want to kind of show them what angle I could bring as a correspondent. I think John Hodgman brought brings something unique. Kristen Shaw brings something unique. Right. Riggle, Cordry, Carell, all those guys had something kind of unique. Madrigal now brings something unique. Everybody yep. has something interesting that they bring to the table. And I think that 
kind of my ability to infuse both kind of politics with like my pop culture references plus my own inherent background and stuff was really, really, it's really fascinating. I wanted to bring that to the show. So I created a tape. Uh, and this this is, again, where timing, a little bit of luck kind of comes into play. ISIS. <laughs> is this going to be the first positive ISIS story? That's what I'm saying. I'm literally, you guys can't see this, but I'm like pausing. I'm like, am I supposed to say this is a blessing? You get what, you get what I'm saying. This is not a, okay. All of those like beheadings and all of those things or whatever, fucking terrible and awful. But this is this is what it did. It allowed it opened up the discussion for me sure. to come in and talk about something that's like extremely uncomfortable. Because yeah. here's the thing, ISIS is one of those things where like literally no one is on their side. Like no. that's the funny thing with Islamophobes where they're they're just like, oh, there's Muslims around the world that support them. I'm like, who the fuck is pro beheadings? Like right. in it's. No one. No one, no right? One. It's like the most ridiculous argument yeah. to be like, oh, there's millions and billions of people that are like, yeah. Like, no. It is the international, like, uh, you know, equivalent of like tipping over the fucking board game and like you lose. Sure. You can't do that. Sure. Like, yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter what your point is. Right. And we've spoken a little bit on this podcast before about the fact that I, in general, think that when you resort to violence in those situations, you've lost the argument. However, you know, there are circumstances throughout history where like, you know, people like Nelson Mandela and those sort of people, when you get to the, you know, Mandela's thing was always like, well, we tried everything else. Right. And it didn't fucking work. Right, right. There's a certain point where you're like, well, now this is our only last option. Right, right, right. This shit, this behavior, that's not that. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole different thing. You're like, journalists, like what's going on here? You know what I mean? Aid workers and journalists. These are not yeah, yeah like yeah, these are not terrible. Yeah. These are people doing their jobs. Jobs, and, yeah, exactly. Not soldiers, not no. Right. So with that being said, uh, what happened was is that I wanted to create a package, mm-hmm. that, and I noticed that they they had covered it on the show, but they hadn't done a ton, ton of correspondent pieces with the show. Uh-huh. So I thought that'd be great. I'd come in and kind of give my give my angle on it. And so what I did is I created a package where. I almost played the, the 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 Muslim idiot that thought that oh like ISIS is trying to get big mm-hmm. not by killing people they're just trying to get big on social media, media. that's their right. whole thing like YouTube's big like I mean and, and nothing scarier than a YouTube following right. we know that well that's and right so, 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 <laughs> and I was like but the problem is is if they're trying to get garner a huge you know following you know they're just breaking all the YouTube community guidelines so I created a package where I was like look I want to figure out how to make ISIS blow up online right. without them breaking the rules. So I go, I went to like YouTube, I interviewed a YouTube uh, yeah, community nice. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, you know, he was, you know, the guy was like, uh, and we created this whole like man on the street package. So I created a package where I did that. Now, I sent that tape in, the tape went, they uh, they liked it, John saw it, you know, they said they thought it was really great. They asked me to come in and, um, and, and test for it. And I, I went in and... Um, this is another thing. This is this is just this this past week. This is another thing where it was another timing and luck thing where the Bill Maher Ben Affleck thing uh-huh. happened last week where, you know, Maher very openly was just like, look, there, you know, there's he was like there's easily easily millions and millions and millions of Muslims that just like that are very pro ISIS and are hardcore jihadist radicals whatever. And you know, Ben Affleck came in and saved the day and was just like, no, like this is that's the most ridiculous claim I've heard in my life. I went in and kind of wrote a piece, a desk piece with John. Uh, and at, when I tested, I I did that piece with John, and uh-huh. John really dug the piece, and uh, I got I got hired right there. 
That right on the spot? On the spot. Are you serious? Yeah, I walked back to my 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 green room and my dressing room and I picked up my bag and he walked in and he was just like, "Hey, so I'll, I'll see you Monday." <laughs> Dude, I couldn't I could Well, I couldn't I mean I couldn't believe it. It's like, insane. I was like, what? Like, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, and you, you've been in this business long enough to know that it's just like, there's, so, we're literally, for every opportunity that we don't create for ourselves, we're uh-huh. literally fighting tooth and nail and banging at the door to be like, please understand this script or this project or this thing that I'm talking about. And he was just like, are you, are you, uh, so I'll see you Monday, right? Yep. And, and, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I mean, because you're, you're working here, so I'll, I'll see you Monday. I literally couldn't believe it. I just couldn't. <laughs> Now I looked at him. <laughs> what? Hey, what was your reaction to that? Okay, so when we when we did the test, he came down and like. Because uh, did you know that you were going to do it with John? Yeah, okay. people they yep. they were like, "Look, you're going to go out. You're going to do a couple run throughs with the producers, uh-huh. and then you're going to kind of read prompter a few times. John will come out. You read it with John. Easy. The first few times I did it with the prompt, the producers. I, I'll be honest. I was running it a little fast. I was nervous. Right. I'm on the stage. I'm like, this yeah. is yeah. I see John. Then I hear John. He, they're like, John's coming down. I hear his voice from the hallway, right? And I'm like, that's that's John Stewart's yeah. voice. I turn around. He's wearing an Oxford shirt uh-huh. and then sweatpants. And then I look at him and I'm like, dad? <laughs> like I had this, like that's how my dad dresses on his off days where I was just like, this dude is straight up dressed up like right. Najmi Minaj. This yeah. dude is dressed up like, like my dad. And hey, I just am I auditioning for the Daddy Show? Yeah, I, it was it was. I mean, and I don't think he un, like. I, maybe one day I'll get to explain this to him. But I was like, you like this is right. this is. But he, he like shook he shook my hand and I, I I just I don't know in that moment I was just like. It just made sense. I'm like, he's a comic. He's right. here. We're just gonna run these bits, right. and let's just have fun. And he wants you to be. He good. wants like I mean that's it, the thing. If you watch the show, he gives so much to the course. Very generous before extremely. Month. Like, and very much feeds their, lets yeah, them yeah. have their moment, yeah. like goes with them. I yeah. mean, uh, Kristen was doing uh, a bit the other night and yeah. she had this whole thing with uh, like, uh, basically uh, like, a, uh, what are they? Birth control pills. Right, I mean, right. She had a big bowl of like uh. things that were meant to be birth control pills and she was eating and it became this like, there was like 30 or 40 seconds of mayhem where he just let it, right. you know, her be ridiculous. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I'm sure this bit's not meant to be going this long, right. but he's, and he's you know, letting he's it, letting it go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Giving at the space yeah. and it was great yeah I think also and I'm certainly not a person who's ever going to tell like The Daily Show's always been a great show uh huh but I would argue and I don't expect you to comment on this I'm going to say this sure sure I think John Oliver's show has raised the bar for it again mm. I think in the last few months right it's been as good as it's been in like the last two years uh-huh. I do, I mean it's always been a great show like I'm right. not but I just kind of feel like they've almost got their fire back a bit as well because they were always the number one guys God, in yeah, town yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like someone comes along one of their guys like yeah. a guy they love and respect and you know yeah. everything he knows there but yeah. he's gone and then they're like well hang on we've got to right. like the old bucks and kind of like no well fuck this right, 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 right. okay so he wants you to go well because you're there right now and that's the thing but you still must be a little bit nervous. Sure. Now, but this is what changed it for me. It was I, I turn around, we're not, they load up the prompter, we're running through the prompter, right? Prompter's going, and we start off, and we're doing a piece that originally was done with Jason Jones. Yep. Uh, uh, a kind of f- a funny piece about Sheldon Allison and the Koch brothers and Harry Reid and stuff like that. So okay. we're, it's, it's, we're running through the prompter. 
we're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He starts riffing. The prompter holds. Uh-huh. I start riffing. Right. And he keeps going. We go back and forth and back and forth. And he's not sweating it at all. Right. And because I had the script memorized, then I go back into prompter and we're uh-huh. back to script. And then we just, we land that plane perfectly. And that was the first segment. And I was like, that was fucking yeah. so much fun. It was fun. That was a blast. Yeah. You were in a moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, 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 and well, I'm sure you've done so many things where you like, you're running it. You've done probably done TV shows where the producer or whoever is just like, do exactly what's on the page, mm-hmm. read the copy, mm-hmm. you just deliver a copy. That was not the thing here. He was yeah. like, put in, and we were going back and forth. I mean, I, I had this whole thing about the economy and I, how I used to work at Office Max, and he's like, well, I used to work at Woolworth, and we were one-upping each other. It was amazing. But it was I also think that's good because here's what – I think something you said very early on was like a great insight, which is that show in particular, everyone has their own voice. Sure. So you doing a Jason Jones piece, for example. Right. Like, And I think I remember the, the piece you made. It, it was the one about – it's like he had two bags, two bags of money. Bags of money, right? Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly the thing you're talking about. Yeah. Jason's character in that piece and in general right. is very arrogant. Right. You're an idiot, John. And yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Like, oh, it's, it's him. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kinda, yeah. But that's not necessarily right. your character. Exactly, right? exactly. So if you're trying to like, you, you know, you kind of have to show what you are and what your perspective right. is, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And having that moment where you can kind of riff and be comfortable, it uh-huh. shows that like who you are. Yeah. Okay, I want to go back just for a second to the sure. ISIS thing because I thought... You're absolutely right about because I think that was a, a great idea for a piece, but also because ISIS are the social media terrorism group. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. literally what they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah. Their whole thing is like they're filming it all. Yeah. They're trying to get it out there. Yeah, yeah. I think the only way they're going to stop is if they read their own YouTube comments. That's hilarious. I feel they'll lose heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll just be I going, saw. I saw, on, I saw on one of the videos they had the subscribe button and I'm like, oh, they're just like us. <laughs> yeah. They're just as narcissistic as we are. Like having like, it downloaded. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. They're, like they're literally looking at their Twitter timeline and they're just like, you gave me a fave? Right. Retweet my shit. Right. That's what's so funny Could to you me. Leave yeah, an iTunes yeah, comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please rank and subscribe, <laughs> goddammit. Rank and subscribe. That's what's so funny. They're no right. bigger than that. No. Also, what's fun, so funny and what I kind of talked about on the show is that they, they are so anti-West, anti-this. They're compl- you know, they'll fucking bash Israel and then they'll post their comments on a social networking platform created by a nerdy Jew called oh, Facebook. Yeah, of course. Hilarious. This right. is so funny to me, you know? And pointing out that ridiculousness to me and then coming in as a Muslim and being like these motherfuckers went off the deep end they're the crazy drunk uncle no one wants to talk about we right. all have that right. you know what I mean and and that's what I kind of brought in the piece I was like extremes in any capacity is fucking awful you right. know what I mean like I, you take the ice bucket challenge too far you're gonna end up like Jack at the end of Titanic you right. know <laughs> like I lo- Red Bull's great before a show for yeah. loco you're gonna punch a cop and shit bricks like right. no one no one needs that I love Harry Potter Adults that are in Quidditch leagues need to fucking stop it. You're you're a grown up. Yeah, extreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. That's all. That's all the analogy that you know. And and to bring that perspective in, you know, where there's kind of this movement where it's just like, you know, the brown guy next door. What's gonna happen? I'm like, look. I remember growing up and going to Sunday school with fucking every iteration. I went to Libyans, Syrians, Afghans, Indians, Pakistanis. Every brown kid that ha- from a country that has a cricket team. Mm-hmm. We collectively barely have the guts to move out of our parents' house before the age of 30. You honestly think that the brown kid living next door is going to blow himself up? My biggest jihad was telling my parents I'm not going to law school. I swear to God, okay? 
I was like, Mom, Dad, I'm not going to Penn next year, but you can see me Thursday through Sunday at Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, California. <laughs> like, but the Mars of the of the world legitimately think they're mm-hmm. like they legitimately think that that's our. That, to me, I'm almost like Bill. Do you have any Muslim friends? Right. Do you, go, I mean, you get you get what I'm saying? I would. I, I, I know. I, I legitimately I want, want to ask him. I like, 100 get what you're saying. Yeah. Like I think that his problem is, and well, here we go. But no, I honestly believe that his problem is, and the same. I think you know to a certain degree with, with what Sam Harris yeah, sure, sure, sure. says on the topic. Sure, I, sure, sure. I like some of like Sam Harris's stuff. I find him a very provocative thinker in a lot of ways. Sure, sure. Much more so than I do Bill Maher, to be honest. Right, but, right, right. But both of them are so anti-religion, yeah, like, yeah. You know, so that all religion is inherently evil. Right. That they, I think, it it makes. I've always been of the opinion that the right to swing your fist stops in another person's face, and we should only stop start debating what people are doing once it starts hurting other people. Okay. You yeah. Know? That's oh, my fair. thing. Fair. Like, yeah, yeah. I have two perspectives on this. Is I think as a world. We have to agree on the things that we all know are true. Right, right. Because there's plenty of Christians, for example, yeah. who don't want to have to pretend there weren't dinosaurs. Right. Like smart people yeah, yeah. who believe yeah, 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 in yeah, God yeah, yeah, yeah. to fill in the gaps that we can't explain sure, through other things. Sure, sure, So whatever the gaps, I think is, I mean, this is never going to happen. But this uh-huh. is what I, my ideal world would be this. Okay. We all come together and say, here are the things that we all agree right. are true. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. Evolution. Right, right. Let's be adults. Climate change. Let's be adults. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it doesn't mean that you can't fill in everything else we can't explain sure, because sure. there are an imaginable amount of things that we can't explain. Sure. And then every time we explain one of those things, yeah. we'll just include that in the right, stuff right. we We'll add it to on. the... Yeah, yeah. And no harm, no foul. Right. No one brings it up. Right, right, like, right. We're not going to point at you going, you're a fucking idiot. None of... Because the problem is that people like Bill Maher can do that because... You know, the people go, well, of course there was dinosaurs, therefore everything you say is irrelevant. Right, right, there right. are plenty of th- good things that people get out of religions or sure. beliefs or whatever. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. positive to them and their world right. and their yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we would also be able to remove religion from bad behavior. So with right. ISIS, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be us going, we're going after like, you know, a religious thing. We're going, no, 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 whatever they believed in, yeah, even yeah. if they were massive fucking Harry Potter fans and that's why they were beheading right, right, right. people from right, Slytherin. Right. Sure. I, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. know. No, 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 that's I great. Was, <laughs> that was actually, you're actually, you're actually perfectly on point. Yeah, yeah. Had you said Hufflepuff, I would have fucking dropped the mic and walked out of here, Will. I have no time for those shenanigans. I mean, be I, accurate. I really did go for a Hail Mary there. Right, right, right. That one. Oh, by like, the way, this is this is, this is one of my lines from the piece where he goes, where John John went. He goes, "How many are there? A lot of radical jihad. You have to admit there are radical jihadists." I was like, I was like, John, you need to stop using the R and J word with me. Radical. We, the only radical dudes I know are Ninja Turtles, and we all know Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo, and Raphael. They were backed by the Medici family. They are Christian. Do not get your history mixed up. They were wearing facial headwear. Right, right, That's actually a great strategy, what you're talking about. That's, if, yeah, only, if, only we, if, if only we but, could do that. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. What a great hypothetical. Because it gives us the opportunity to then evolve as a human race. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and people can explain. I don't care how you explain the things that we don't. Uh-huh. You know, explain it however you want, and as right. long as it doesn't hurt someone else, sure. Then I think we would be able to move forward. But sure. unfortunately, religion and us not agreeing on things are going to destroy us all. Probably in the last, next decade or so. So enjoy the Daily Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So we were talking. This is one. Uh, we're going to have to uh, do another podcast another yeah, time because there's yeah. so many things I would love to talk to you about. Okay. But um, 
I want to talk. Am I doing a good job? Is this good? I don't even know. Are we, are we doing a good job right you now? You are doing a great. Okay, okay. I was like, do you we, need we, feedback? No, no, because I'm like, we're going on a million tangents. No, I don't, oh, people who listen to the podcast. Oh, they love tangents. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm not sure they love them. Uh, okay. But they're still listening. Uh, and after 300 episodes, if they haven't worked out, then oh, I right, 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 go right. on tangents. <laughs> okay, okay. It's their fucking fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh great. no, there might be new listeners because of you. How are new listeners? Hey, what's up? I'm not trying to blame you. I want to talk about stand up planet. Yeah. Because we were talking about this when we were doing the green room in Montreal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So explain to people what that was. Stand Up Planet, uh, this is the Cliff Notes version. Stand Up Planet was a docuseries that was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. What they wanted to do is they wanted to create a docuseries in all the countries around the world that they have initiatives in that wasn't poverty porn. Right. You get, you know what I mean, I right? right? Where you where you watch something and you see flies like swirling right. around a kid's head, slow motion, yeah, 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 music, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, and you're, someone with like a, like yeah. a going to a well with something on their head, right, right. And Kids just starving, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, and uh, I call I call like and you they donate seventeen cents a day mm-hmm. or whatever, and I call that stuff. I call it window jerking. You walk up to a window, you watch a movie or documentary, you <laughs> release your guilt, <laughs> you donate your money, and you walk away. Right. Your life. They to me that's like not humanizing us as people and connecting us uh-huh. they were figuring out ways to kind of tell that narrative content films is a production company out of san francisco they were like what about stand-up stand-up when done in its purest form is people telling their real experiences right. in a very very real way by being like this happened to me now let's delve into it and then use satire and jokes right right they had huge initiatives in Africa as well as in India. In India, they're trying to, there's so many initiatives that they have with women's rights, gender roles, uh, reinventing the toilet with Africa, HIV and AIDS awareness, right? So they decided, they asked me to post this series where I go around the world, I meet comedians, I kind of dive into the scenes in those respective communities, follow the comedians from their jokes on stage into their lives. And then at the end of the series, bring them back to the States to do a show in the States. Um, and then meet the advisors of the project. The advisors of the project were Bill Cosby, Norman Lear and Carl Reiner, humble mm-hmm. brag. It's fucking crazy. Right. It was the craziest experience of my life, but going around the world and seeing how amazing and brilliant the comedians right. were around the world. So tell me, like, was, this is a thing that when you were talking about this in Montreal, I, I was really surprised by a lot of the stories. Sure. Tell me, Tell me the, the the places that you went to and the comedians that you met that kind of you know fascinated you the most or surprised you the most. I think I think South Africa was one of the best comedy scenes I've I've seen. I was um, I was literally amazed. Well, we should give a big shout out to Trevor Noah. As Trevor well. Noah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, who's joining the Daily Show? Yeah, yeah. And who was polite enough the other day? I, you know what? Like sometimes when somebody does like a little thing, it yeah. kind of really impresses you. Uh-huh. Like I know Trevor, but I don't know no Trevor. Like you know we okay. you, you bumped into each but other. But you guys are other. like on the international level, run into each other in similar circles, right? right? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sent him a message. I well, no, I just tweeted that. You, we, I imagine you maybe. I just tweeted that. Yeah, congratulations yeah. to you both. And he sent me a, like, I was like, on all of this, like, I'm sure you had a fucking million messages today. Yeah. And took the time and kind of wrote me something nice back. And yeah. I was like, fuck you for being so nice. <laughs> right. He's a great guy. Uh, and he's, he's a great dude. Like, and the reason I bring his name up is that he is a stunning, for people in America aren't quite aware of how huge a superstar Trevor Oh, is. yeah. And I say that because 
like you, when you were talking about South Africa, yeah, like often a scene can be defined by the most successful person that comes out of it first, right? right. Like a, a young scene, yeah, right? Yeah. If, some, if someone's the first superstar who comes through does this, right? Everybody tries to do sure that, yeah, for good or for ill, right? Right. Luckily in South Africa, like their biggest superstar yeah. is one of the smartest, funniest people in the world right 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 right. so then tell me about the rest of the scene though like tell me what else what amazed me the most about the scene and i don't know and i would love to hear your opinion on say australia or other countries that you've been to was this their ability to talk about race and other painful topics in a very very real way Mm -hmm. without having their pc pants on too tight because i honestly and i mentioned this in the green room i feel like for a lot of performers you're one joke away from getting from Jezebel and HuffPo coming after you and just destroying your career. Uh-huh. And I think there has to be, as comedians, we, you know, there's certain people that shouldn't hold those katana blades, right. but there are certain comedians that do need to play with that line a little bit and figure that out. And I think that's really, really important. In Johannesburg, they're talking about apartheid and it was lifted in 94. Right. That wound is so fresh. Yeah. In the States, we talk about race. I mean, literally people's assholes clench up. They're just like, oh, can I or not can Well, weirdly enough, I think I will add something to that because I've got an outsider's perspective on how Americans talk about race. I think American comedians talk about race all the fucking time, Mm -hmm. but not in an interesting way. Ah. Like so much of American comedy is what I would consider to be racial and sometimes what I would consider to be racist in the style that I've been. Sure. You know, that also, all that, like, there's a black guy here, dot, dot, dot. Or, right, right. How about those Asians or whatever? Right, 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 right. And you see that all the time. Sure. Like, you can't oh, yeah, yeah. Time, oh, right? yeah, yeah. Without seeing that, yeah. But no one's butt it clenches at that shit. Oh, right. It's only right. when you literally try to say something interesting or provocative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and I think often people confuse those two things. Right. You know, like people are going, well, and I think as comedians, we also have a responsibility. Now, Uh I think it's twofold. Uh Like in what you're saying, I think that, yes, for people who are trying to say something interesting, we should give them the benefit of the doubt that the point they were trying to make or the thing that they were trying to do as an artist, like, you know, and if they've built that trust. Sure. But I don't think that also means that I have to defend every fucking dickhead who says something terrible and goes, well, I'm a comedian. I should better say what I say. Right, 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 right. Say something decent that's (laughs) worth defending. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll fucking defend you every fucking day. Right, right, right. I'm not necessarily like on this idea of that you should better say whatever you want. want. Right, 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 right. Right. We should have a responsibility uh-huh. as performers who are going to think about the thing that the thing that I always say is think about what you are going to say. Like know that you're trying to say that you know, what you're trying to say. Right. And, and that you believe in what you're trying to say, whatever uh-huh. the joke is. Uh-huh. Like you believe that the, the thing you're saying makes the point that you think it's making. Right? Okay. And then don't apologize. If if you honestly think it through like that, right. then if someone gets upset about it, go, well, no. Like, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to fight back a bit more like that. Sure. We have to fight back by being smarter and better and more responsible sure. with what it is we are doing. Right. It's why Louis can do that sort of material. But there's a lot of comics that are just like, I should get to say what I want to say yeah. for the sake of saying shit. And I shouldn't have to apologize for it. But I'm like, then, you're just, a, then you're just a blabbering. Right idiot who gets to use do do that through a microphone right yeah i mean i think there's some responsibility that comes sure. with freedom of speech sure and i'm certainly a person who like i mean this podcast in particular is like i mean i always say to people i say i, I want my guests to say whatever they want and often guests will use words that i wouldn't use myself right, right have opinions that i would but you know sure 
Like there was a blog recently about uh-huh. uh, Dave Chappelle dropped into the meltdown. Did okay. you see no, that? No, I didn't see this blog. What right. is this? So Chappelle's dropped into meltdown, which is okay. like a very, for people who don't know the, the meltdown show, it's certainly like an, it kind of a, what is it? A, how would you describe it? It's like a hipster crowd. Yeah. Hipster, it's like that? a hipper crowd. Yeah. It's yeah, a hipper yeah. crowd. Right, yeah. That's sure. better. Sure. And like, yeah. you know, they're kind of, it's a really hot show. They sure. always get great acts on. Yeah. Yeah. Great acts. Yeah. Smart comics, like, but you know, definitely alternative focus. Sort sure, of, you yeah. Uh huh. And great room, great crowd. Chappelle's dropped in and okay. like done a set and said some things like about transgender and a few other things that somebody uh-huh. you know got really upset that like Dave Chappelle was saying these things. And I was having a conversation with somebody afterwards, and I was like, "When did people start thinking that to enjoy comedy you have to agree with the thing?" I honestly, if right. I went through Bill Burr's set, Bill Burr is one of my favorite comedians right. in the world. Yeah. I disagree with, with 90% a lot of, of what the he says. He's making. His brilliance is his ability to right. lay out the argument. Right. And you're like, wow. I felt the same way when I watch a lot of David Tell's act. I'm like, yeah. I don't agree with it. But I'm like, this guy's brilliant. Brilliant. He's a brilliant comedian. I, I would just say, yeah, he is a brilliant uh, debater. Been right. a philosopher who yeah. maybe you don't agree with his philosophy, but his ability to construct the the argument is pretty pretty, uh, yeah. Amazing. And that goes to that point, I guess, that I was making more generally, which is that thing of like if you have thought it through, if you would sure you look at a Bill Burr or a Tal or whatever, yeah, yeah. and you go, well, no, 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 you have your logic and your reason, and you're you're making this argument. And I'm right. like, okay, well, that's fine. I, right. I don't have to agree with it to find it funny. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. But the the other thing is that I do think there is that thing of people have to have room to experiment. Like, people of that level. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Dave yeah. Chappelle's not coming down to fucking Meltdown yeah. to do his best 10. Right, right, like, he's right, not right. going to fucking... Yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. He's not the, going to give you his Tonight Show 5. That's the not the point. The reason he's yeah, yeah. there right. is he's clearly going to get up there and try to riff around an uncomfortable subject. And if people like Dave Chappelle aren't riffing around uncomfortable subjects, then right. they become you know, a parody of themselves or a ma- more mainstream version of themselves. Right, right. But mm-hmm. we have this sort of idea in society at the moment that like y- you have to in- agree with everything that you enjoy. And that's Ugh. like... That's actually so fascinating. Yeah. Has there ever been an era where there has to be that many artists a- apologizing for what they're doing? I think social media has changed it a lot. Like obviously. Like, uh-huh. you know, the capacity for people to complain uh-huh. is immediate. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Like in the old days, right. like I always say, like an internet comment, for example, right? Right. Like in the old days, if you wanted to complain about something, you had to fucking buy an envelope. Right. And like, you know, you had to write Mail a letter. letter. You yeah, know, yeah. I have to fucking, the post office, like I can't just leave it. I have to actually take it to yeah, somewhere. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know what? I'm not that angry yeah, about yeah, this shit. I'm yeah. fine. And but that, it's so quick to now be able to give feedback that right. I also think there is an element of what great things about that though as well. When I look at, and this embarrasses me a little bit because I've always thought I would have always described myself as a feminist. If anyone ever said to me, "Are you a feminist?" I said, "Of course I am. I think men and women should be treated equally, so therefore I am a feminist." Right? Right. Right. But I don't think I was ever quite aware enough of like what women are going through every day right. until the internet. I know some people think that that's, but like it's half the fucking population, and right. they're telling us something. They right. finally have a voice that we were keeping them out of for right. all those years. Like yeah. we'd only let them have a voice in public if they were like pretty or like blah blah blah. You right, know? right, right. Yeah. Now yeah. they can. Everyone can say. Right. And some men won't listen. So I do think that as like we feedback can be important in that yeah. regard. You know, uh-huh. like uh-huh. anyway, I've got bogged down on that. I don't. I don't want to bog down and leave that to the end. I want to. 
I want to talk about uh, so S- South Africa and where else on the South Africa one. and then India. What was cool about South Africa was, yeah, they were talking about apartheid and race. And what was so interesting to me is that both blacks, whites, and coloreds, those are the different races that they, mm-hmm. you know, Afrikaners, blacks, and colors and stuff, they were all in the audience and they were all talking about and laughing about a subject that's what, two decades old, less right. than? Right. And they're laughing about it. And so I was like, in what situation is a wound this fresh with both the oppressor and the oppressed in the same room uh-huh. talking about it and laughing about it? And yeah. that's where I saw comics like Trevor Noah, Luis Ogola, Umpo Pops, some of the funniest comedians I've seen. I'm like, oh, these guys are fucking hilarious. And they're given this... I don't know. I mean, I think it's a two-way street where both the performers are doing provocative, interesting work, and then the audience is allowing them to do right. that. That well, was really the audience, amazing. That's, that's a really interesting thing you say. The audience allows them to do that. Because yeah. it is a two-way street. Yeah. Like, you know, if the audience at the late show Friday night don't want to hear that shit, then, yeah. you know. I mean, you can, look, you, you can imp- impose it on them, and I, I guess great comedians find a way to make it work, yeah. but there is something to be said when you're in front of a crowd that's like, Please go, like go for it. That's that's the best. In India, the thing that was crazy was that, you know, even though it's one of the world's largest democracies, they there is heavy censorship in certain like on, on t- television, radio. There's certain things that were, are that's heavily what censored. What sort of things are censored? Like 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 um uh like uh, talking about certain topics, bashing certain politicians in mm-hmm. certain ways, language, right? So like a show like Chappelle show or something like that, that couldn't exist. I asked them, I was like, why don't you guys have, a sh- there's so, you have so many ridiculous right. characters that are politicians. If you're ever driving through India and you see some of the political billboards, uh, they're the funniest, they're yeah. just hilarious. I'm like, this guy looks like a cartoon character. Your SNL would be hilarious. Right. But they're like, we, we're hev- <laughs> like Tanmay Butt, who's featured in the movie, he's like, he's like, yeah, but we're heavily censored right. in certain ways. Like we can't, the only way we do that is through the internet. Here's the thing. They they had this uh, podcast called All India Buckchoth, which means like all India talking shit. And uh, it got pulled off of iTunes India. So they have to put it up on SoundCloud and other things because it was like a little too provocative and stuff like that. And to me, what's so interesting is this: we take something for granted like free speech. We, uh-huh. take, we take it for granted in these countries. And in India, these comics are like really, really going for it. And I think that's awesome and inspiring and amazing. I think it also leads to great work because yeah. there is a certain thing of like when you get to a, you know, like what I, what do I rail against? You know, yeah. what am I like? And sometimes with comedy, you actually need to be breaking rules. And if you're allowed to do everything, yeah. then it's hard to do that. Whereas if you're in a time of, like if you think of the Lenny Bruce's and in Australia, there was this guy called Rodney Root, who not right. a comedian that I would ever necessarily enjoy, but had to... Like, you know, was getting arrested at gigs because he was, like, swearing. You know, these right. guys had to really, yeah. like, go out and kind of break these things down. Yeah, and yeah. There's a creativity in that. We should wrap it up because I know you're extremely busy. So let's finish with uh, this. I want to know, um, you, John Stewart's there and he says, uh, yeah. I know it feels like we've gone all over the place. Oh, yeah, we've gone all over the place. Yeah, uh, yeah. John Stewart, uh, it's like an episode of Lost, basically. <laughs> right, right, It'll right. all make sense in the right, end. Right, right. He says, okay, I'll see you on Monday. See you on Monday, yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. You live in LA. I live in LA. Yeah. So I walk outside. I'm like, what just, I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. And how are you, t- talk me through even, like, are you, do you go outside and do a little dance? Or like, is there any no, moment I'm of like, like you going? I'm literally like confused. Yeah. Because like I said, in uh, what we have to deal with in, in terms of like Hollywood, it's like there's, 
there's so many barriers of entry where uh, they have to establish consensus. Just to even get like on onto a television show, you have to be approved by the casting director, the producers, the network, and the studio. And that's in total probably roughly sometimes up to 30 to 40 people. Right. You can't get five people to agree on lunch. Like where are we going right. for lunch? And get a unanimous five for five being like Chipotle at the right. same time. <laughs> How are you going to get them to agree? Right. You know what I mean? On this. Yeah. So, but the fact is what, you know, I jo- think actually, John has such a Chipotle burrito was the third person who right. auditioned. Right. 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 It was you, Trevor Noah. And, and a Chipotle, Chipotle burrito. I was like, we should try the Chipotle burrito. Right. 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 We'll be able to get some sponsors involved. Yeah. Like, just yeah. 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 With John at the right. desk. Right. And he see how it he looks a little fat on camera, right. but he's delicious. Delicious. Uh, <laughs> no, so I, I, I literally can't, but then, you know, I, it, it, I'm realizing, oh, John has that leverage he has right. that ability yeah john doesn't have to yeah he, yeah. he doesn't have to wait for those notes. so I, I i walk outside i call like it literally what i called my i called my fiance i called my mom i called my manager i mean everybody was crying that's when it when it hit me where i was like oh this is like yeah. happening I, and it was like that scene that last scene in uh pursuit of happiness with will smith oh. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and they go, yeah. they go, they go, you got the job, wear a suit, you know, and he walks out and he's right. just in the streets and he's just like holding his hands, you know, it felt like that. I was just right. walking through New York City and I had my back. I was, I was supposed to get on a plane like and just leave and be like, that was that, yeah. you know, and I'm just like, I guess this is, this is happening. But Shit. it was one of those things, man, where. Uh, it was, I mean, it was great for your uh, fiance, I imagine, because I know that uh, when you first met her, you got, said, "Look, I'm take you to America. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm going I'm to get a job on the Daily Show." Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, I've known my fiance a long time. She she helped flyer with me, embark with me at shows and pass out flyers. Oh, yeah, nice. And to give her that, it means a lot to yeah. me. You it's, know what I mean? Like, oh, no, of for her to come from a thing where we're outside of comedy clubs, passing out flyers together to be here i mean it's very exciting and it's just the start tell me uh honestly how nervous are you about it because you're about like you're literally about to join the the you know i watch the daily show yeah and it's about well that and john oliver's show sure they're they're about the only shows where you go god i'd love to do this but at the same time i'm like all these people are so fucking Fucking good yeah yeah, yeah. so fucking funny yeah you know you really you know you know what makes me so happy is that um, a lot of these things have happened for me in the past year. Mm-hmm. I've been doing stand up about now. It's been now ten years. I, uh, the day I got the job, I'd been doing stand up ten ten years, one month, and nine days. Right. And uh, I have yet to do a special. I have yet to do a lot of different things. You know, I went to Montreal for the first time this past year. That's right. But I'm so you glad. Did new faces in Montreal yeah, like yeah. two months ago. <laughs> yeah. Now he's on the Daily Show. Right. But you I, have ruined new new faces for everyone <laughs> right, for net, like you know yeah, that right. Yeah, right, right. Back in the day, we'd just for laughs in Montreal. There yeah. used to be those legendary stories of like somebody walking off stage after new faces and getting like a million dollar like sure. Tom deal or whatever. Sure, sure. But that really hasn't happened. Happened for in a long years. time. Yeah, yeah. You've ruined the festival. Right, right, right. That's everyone. Be like, you know, Hassan did new faces. Yeah, yeah. On the daily but you know what, man? It was my sixth time auditioning for it. <laughs> right. You know, and it was one of those things where I honestly thought I was like, you know, maybe it's gotten to a point. I've been doing it stand up so long. I'm not a new face. Right. People kind of know who I am or whatever. I'm so glad it's happening now. And 
I got a chance to de- develop a body of work that's right. behind me. And a voice and a perspective. And a voice and, and a perspective uh, yeah. that a ton of people haven't seen yet, yeah. that a small group of people have seen. You know, yeah. I have a, a, a following that watches my web stuff and stuff, but that I can come into the show and be like, I have something to give here. Yeah. To, and, to them, you're going to be, abs- to the audience, Sure. essentially, you are going to be completely brand new. They've never heard sure, of you. Sure, sure, sure. But you're not. You're 10 years in. You've done a lot of this stuff. You, right. I mean- yeah, and the stuff that you've done yeah. has all been like there's not one of those things on your like kind of CV where you're like, what the f- how the fuck did this guy get this? Right, right, right. You know, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You're you know. And so to me, that's gonna be really exciting to come in and meet with amazingly brilliant writers uh-huh. and to share my perspective that I've thought about for years and to now have that platform to be like, okay, let's with our powers combined, let's let's do this. So that that nervousness and stuff hasn't hasn't really hit me, and I think the best thing that got, it's like reading prompter and being on that stage and being with another comic. I realized I was like, oh, this is what I was doing f- when I was filming the truth, but now I don't have to like man the mic and right. the yeah, and the camera. And, yeah, it's like <laughs> oh, like it's like it it's yeah. it's the same thing, but it's now right. just a little bit easier. Yeah, and to me, no, but it is. It's actually easier. That feels of easier. great. You've that, got a team. Yeah, yeah, and like if you, that feels great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Yeah, wow. it's very exciting. I'm yeah. so glad that you could squeeze in this because I know that you literally just have to leave. This I have to move. Yeah, in right. a week. Yeah, I leave it's for ridiculous. I leave. Yeah, for Utah, and then I go to I go to uh, New York. It's crazy. All right, so yeah. um, people will be able to find you on the Daily Show. When? When do you actually like? When I start in Nove- I start November third. Right. Yeah. And does that mean that you have a that, that you will be on air that night, or is it? A I don't know. I've like- heard I've heard stories where you know Jason Klepper. He's one of the uh, he's one of the correspondents. He, he, literally, his first day, he he was on a segment yeah. that day. I I I moved to New York. I start going to work that day. And who knows? Who knows? And I, but yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'll, I'll tweet it out if I'm on the show. Okay, yeah, so uh, yeah. where can people find you on Twitter? Where can they find the the, the stuff that you've done on your website? That's all my yeah, yeah. all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, on Twitter at Hassan Minaj, and then uh, on YouTube you can just go, you can YouTube all my stuff. The Truth with Hassan Minaj. You're the only Hassan Minaj out there. There right? really is only one. Did yeah. you get like yeah? You got you didn't have to go with Hassan Minaj eighty four or something. No, like no, no, no. <laughs> that was great. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's look, mate. It's fantastic. I was very excited for you. And again, also for Trevor, like both, it's like, it's one of those things when you see people get things and you're like, yeah, they'll do a good job and, you know, and they deserve it and they're the right people for it. I'm very excited for you. So hopefully, you know, yeah, when you're, you know, big daily show star, you can come back and we can talk more on the podcast. No, man, absolutely. Anytime, man. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Do you have any gigs or anything you want to plug? Because there's people who listen here in America, if you've got any like dates or anything that you want to like, is there anything? There's no dates. I'm I'm literally just trying to pack up and and go, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's no dates. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm at Helium. Uh, No, where am I? I'm at Hilarities in Cleveland this week for people who are listening to this and then I am I don't know that'll do Sydney Opera House January 19 uh, the final night of the Illuminati tour uh, that's the big one and a comics lounge in Melbourne and Perth dates Roland Saar but look I'll, I'll plug them again later mate it has been an absolute pleasure thank you for being on the podcast thanks man thanks man